Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point, featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the Extra Point is good. Welcome into our number two of Extra Points right here on KDOS AM 1060. It is Friday. It is October 27th. We're deep into the Friday spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Pay them a visit 2390 North Alma School in Chandler. And the weekend specials. They've got something for everyone this week with the certified Angus Beef Choice T-Bone Steak at $16.99 a pound, Halloween Brats at $5.99 a pound, and then if you would like to get into some flamethrowers, you can with the Sidewinder, a.k.a. Diamondback Brats, Habanero Salsa, Jalapeno, Cayenne Pepper, Hot Pepper Cheese at $6.99 a pound, and the Oven Ready Chicken Parmesan at $6.99 a pound. Visit them to 390 North Alma School road in chandler von hansen's meets.net we will have the 100 gift certificate a little bit later on in this hour and make sure you're coming with your weekend plays we'll put five dollars on it hoping to have some money for charity at season's end we're sitting at six and two on the season looking to get back into the winner's circle this weekend let's quickly recap the poll questions as we prepare to answer them around 1130 today and we'll start with the kdos1060.com poll question of course the world series gets started this evening 503 p.m first pitch on fox between the diamondbacks and the rangers so who wins the d-backs leading the way at 69 percent of the vote rangers sitting at 31 percent uh yesterday we had a pretty big breakdown of these two teams in hour number one to start the show we had a pretty big breakdown down of these two teams and Bob talked with Jeff Wilson of Rangers today getting the Rangers side of things so you can podcast that all over at kdos1060.com or with the kdos1060 app flipping this on over to Twitter the Cardinals home they're hosting the Ravens so what do you have in Sunday in Glendale Cardinals plus nine and a half or Ravens minus nine and a half we're sitting in here in a 50-50 split now. We'll officially answer these questions around 11.30 because at 11.15, we're making room for Brian Lewis of Pro Football Network to join us talking NFL prop bets. Let's continue the NFL action for the weekend. No teams on by, so a lot of action happening this Sunday, and it's the Texans and the Panthers. Uh, Texans here, minus 3.5, Panthers plus 3.5, over-under sitting at 40 three and a half rookie quarterbacks cj stroud bryce young they're going up against each other uh the texans have to be happy with stroud's performance so far the panthers have to be a little bit more subdued with the start to bryce young's tenure in the nfl the panthers are coming off of a buy and are looking to uh get their first win of the season the panthers have allowed 37 points in three of their last four games C.J. Stroud, he has continued to have great success with ball security. That's true. Uh, I think he uh, would want to show Carolina that they made a massive mistake selecting Bryce Young with the first pick. That's actually something that I said last during uh, the college football season last year, long before the draft, that Stroud should be drafted ahead of Bryce Young. 
you know, after you know six or seven games, um, brilliant. Who knows if that'll continue for the rest of their careers, but to this point, I'm going to claim a victory. Um, as far as Houston, I'm not sure if Tank Dell is going to play or not. He did not play in their last game um, against New Orleans, so we'll see if uh, he's back. And I apologize, I didn't bother to. I, I forgot to look up and see what he's going, what's going on with him. But their offense has definitely been better when he's been out there. Frank Reich has relinquished play calling duties uh, since the last time we saw the Panthers play, which is a good idea. I think that Carolina should have never hired Frank or Frank Reich, and they should relinquish him as their head coach, but that's not going to happen. Uh, Jeremy, Jeremy Chin, this is the big injury here. They've had lots of injuries on defense. This might actually be the biggest one uh, because he does a lot for their defense and is kind of in charge of their secondary. He has what was called this week a significant quad injury, but not headed to surgery. I don't really what that don't, 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 I don't know what that means other than the fact that I don't think he's playing this week. Uh, to answer your question about Tank Dell, he has been a full participant uh, both Wednesday oh. and Thursday, so that's great news that's good. for the Texans. And their numbers have been much better, and you know Stroud's numbers. I can't say his numbers have been much better, but their their points per game and just their efficiency has been better when when Dell's been out there. Rams and Cowboys. Rams plus six and a half. Cowboys minus six and a half. Over under sitting at 45 and a half. Uh, the Cowboys have designed runs at the second highest rate so far this season, 44.6% of the time. We talked about this yesterday that I thought that Dak Prescott really succeeds uh, in play action, bootlegs, etc. However, this year, it's not going as well in that category. He ranks 31st out of 32 eligible quarterbacks in EPA per dropback off of play action. That amount amounts to 5.5 yards per attempt. Uh, there's not going to be a revenge game for Brett Maher after the Rams released him earlier this week. Uh, in an interesting thing here, in the era of go for it, you were talking about that here this week, fourth and three or less – Inside the 45-yard line, Sean McVay kicks a field goal 58.3% of the time. The NFL average since 2017 when McVay came into the league as a head coach is 42.7% of the time. Wow. Okay, well, I'll just go back to the last week real quick for the Rams uh, against the second half of the game against Pittsburgh. Matthew Stafford, who had been really good this season, was absolutely horrible. And uh, he, didn't, he didn't get a whole lot of help because, you know, Cooper Cup even dropped a pass in that second half. But, you know, it was their whole passing game. You know, Cup and Nakua and Stafford was uh, horrible against a Pittsburgh team. It was secondary. It was questionable before that second half last year uh, for most of the year. Tony Pollard, I mentioned this earlier this week, but he has not been the same player since he came back from the leg surgery. The explosiveness, explosiveness – is not there. He really is not a guy that can run between the tackles. And I think one of the reasons that Dak's been so bad in play action is because they can't run the ball. And, you know, they can't use the offensive line as injured excuse anymore because that offensive line has been, for the most part, intact here now for two or three weeks. The Jets and the Giants here. Uh, technically, the Jets are, the, or I'm sorry, the Giants are the home team. Jets minus three, Giants plus three, over under sitting at 36 and a half. Uh, it's going to be another Tyrod Taylor game. Uh, earlier announced from Brian Dayball that Daniel Jones will be sitting once again. Despite the offensive line issues, though, 
Tyrod Taylor has been much better, performing much better uh, with that Giants offensive line than Daniel Jones did. Uh, The question here is, can the offensive line crack some holes for Saquon against this Giants or this Jets defensive uh, front? They have been susceptible at times to the run game. They are coming off of a bye, though. And the Jets are supposed to have both their corners back. They both cleared concussion protocol in the last 24 hours, so they're both supposed to be back this week. So that's good news for them. Uh, Brian Dayball this morning, when asked whether Daniel Jones will return this season, uh, did not rule out the fact that Jones might miss the rest of the season. And remember, Jones has already had neck surgery once. He has a neck injury now. Uh, so we'll see what's up with that. As far as the offensive lineman, uh, the, the line, offensive line situation for the Giants, they could get three of these guys back this week who were original starters, including Andrew Thomas, who well, it was the second week of the season when the Cardinals played them. We were wondering if he was going to play. Uh, he hasn't played since week one, but he might return this week. Patriots and the Dolphins. Patriots plus nine and a half. Dolphins minus nine and a half. Over under sitting at 46 and a half. Uh, how do we figure out who the real Mac Jones is? He was out there carving up the Bills defense last week. Jalen Ramsey's health for the Dolphins. You have uh, Adam Schefter reporting he's returning. Then you have Jalen Ramsey taking to Twitter being like, that's news to me. So I guess we'll have to wait to see what's going on with Jalen Ramsey and his return. Tua is 5-0 and against Bill Belichick in his career. He was 21 of 30, 249 yards, one touchdown, and one interception when they played each other uh, earlier this season. Raheem Mostert in that contest, 18 carries, 121 yards, but you did have that one explosive 43-yard run. Well, Tua may be 5-0, and but his numbers uh, passing-wise against Belichick have not been good, including he's never thrown more than one touchdown pass against a Belichick coach team. So we'll see what's, uh, see what's up with that. That continues. Tariq Hill uh, came back. He suffered the you know the hip injury last week, and then came back in the game, and then didn't practice on Wednesday, but did come back on Thursday. Said he was going to play, so I assume he's going to play. Uh, so you mentioned the Jalen Ramsey mystery there. Uh, I think we know Mac Jones isn't any good. I mean, you know, one game is not going to turn you know two years of evidence that he's not any good. Uh, it's not going to change my mind. Uh, he was certainly good in that, especially in that fourth quarter last week against the Bills. But he's not good, even though all that said about uh, the Patriots and Mac Jones. I would favor the Patriots plus the points in this game. Browns and Seahawks. Browns plus three and a half. Seahawks minus three and a half. This number of the total has dropped dramatically from earlier in the week. It was 40 and a half. Now it's sitting at 37 and a half. Uh, the Browns have hit opposing runners at or behind the line of scrimmage on 61.7% of rush attempts. That's pretty darn good. Uh, Browns have 19 sacks, and they get to the quarterback in the fastest amount of time. So if any of the Seattle Seahawks offensive linemen are unable to play, this could be a long day for uh, Geno Smith. Conversely here, uh, P.J. Walker, he is set to get the start for the Browns at quarterback. It looks like the their interior offensive line, they're two their two of their guards and starting center, they're all you know questionable to play in this game. Uh, so there's that part there. Now, unfortunately, if you have at the ender in this game, you've already lost the best number days ago. That's long gone uh, when the uh, was officially declared that Watson was not going to play in this game. This line opened 
uh, last weekend, or at least the Sunday part of it. You know, there's some opening lines last week, but the Sunday part was you know, you know, basically going on the assumption, which we, you know, Stefanski said after last week's game that Watson was going to play this week, and by Wednesday they'd already ruled him out. Uh, so there's that, and also Jerome Ford is definitely out of this game. He's going to miss uh, apparently a couple of games with the ankle injury that suffered. He suffered last week in that game against the Colts, and he had to leave. So I think it's really difficult to imagine. And the Seattle defense, as we've talked about many times, is one of the most improved units in football. Uh, unless there's like pick sixes in this game or defensive touchdowns or special teams touchdowns, which unfortunately have happened to all of us who like to bet games under, I think that's about the only way this game would go over, and depending on what kind of number you get. If you're in a contest, maybe that contest, the numbers were put out earlier this week, uh, like the one I'm in, and uh, the number is higher on that contest than it is currently, and you can you know, get a good number, and then you just have to hope that there's no you know, defense or special teams touchdowns. The Bengals and the 49ers, the Bengals uh, plus four and a half, 49ers minus four and a half, over under at 43 and a half. This has also moved a bit here with the Brock Purdy in concussion protocol news from earlier this week. The Bengals find themselves coming off of a bye. So uh, how does that help? Uh, You'd have to think it helps. The Bengals get some of their players back healthy as well. The question here is, can the Bengals offensive line open up any holes for Joe Mixon to run the football also, for the 49ers, if Trent Williams doesn't play, will the Bengals' defensive front be able to have a field day? Yeah, Joe Mixon, a member of my fantasy team, and he's been bad. Uh, you know, he's been under siege to some extent, but he also doesn't seem to break many tackles, and I've watched him closely, needless to say. I think the biggest question about Cincinnati is not necessarily their health. It's their offensive line healthy. Can they actually block anybody? And we haven't seen much of that this year. They've had lots of problems against blitzing teams. The Niners rarely blitz, but maybe they will this week because they had zero sacks last week for the first time this season. This number has been bouncing around because of the Purdy situation. He actually was out there yesterday on the practice field. The Niners website proudly showed pictures of him out there. Uh, So if he comes back, he'll be the first player in the NFL this season that suffered a concussion and then played the following week. And also remember, they're on a short week because they played Monday night. Uh, so we'll see uh, what that uh, status is. I saw that Jordan Hicks may be facing a fine for the hit on Brock Purdy uh, that they're relating to being in concussion protocol. Ooh, I missed that. Okay. That's uh, Jordan Hicks and a good dude. He was really good with the media when he was here at the Cardinals. Brian Blues of Pro Football Network, PFNBetting.com, set to join us on the other side of the break. We'll dive into the NFL prop bet market. It's all happening here in the Extra Point on KDOS AM 1060, online at KDOS1060.com, and with the KDOS 1060 app, powered by Superbook Sports. Tune in weekdays to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp from 9 to 10 a.m. on KTUS AM 1060, KTUS1060.com, and with the KTUS 1060 app.
Welcome back to Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. It's time for the NFL prop discussion as we pop on out to the KDOS hotline. Brian Blewis, Pro Football Network. Follow all of their work over at pfnbetting.com. Uh, Brian, it's Bob and Kayla. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you guys? Doing fantastic. Looking forward to diving into this. We were uh, been discussing it all day long that uh, there's tons of games to pick from because no teams in the NFL are on by. So hopefully we can find uh, some sort of edges here this week. Let's start with the Arizona Cardinals. They are hosting the Ravens. It was truly a incredible performance from the Ravens last week. So the question is, has this offense figured itself out or did it just happen to be the perfect storm that snowballed for themselves last Sunday? The Cardinals were the only team to give up over 100 yards on the ground to one player last week. So how do we go about figuring out Gus Edwards running the ball? How about Lamar Jackson through the air? Is it back to Mark Andrews time for any time touchdown scorer? Yeah, I think it was both a mix of just the right game for the Ravens and also their offense is clicking. I mean, obviously the lines aren't that bad. They get blown out like they did, but that was really just an incredible performance by the Ravens. And they usually perform a lot better in those spots as short favorites versus or short underdogs versus being heavy favorites. So and that with that in mind, at the same time this Cardinals team, as you guys probably know, is kind of falling back to earth a little bit and their defense especially is one they could definitely throw on and the only thing that's really holding me back from wanting to take these overs for Lamar and their pass catchers is just that it could be a blowout potentially with that big point spread. But I don't think that's a bad play here considering the Cardinals defense has kind of been easy to attack in recent weeks, if uh, for lack of better words. Okay, I want to start with the former Cardinal. Christian Kirk and the Jags are at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh has been really bad against receivers to get yards after the catch. So how about any Kirk, uh, you know, you know lighting up the secondary possibilities in Pittsburgh? Yeah, for this one, the Steelers defense has is really the only thing that's keeping them in games, that and luck. But there's always a way to attack them through the air. That's historically always kind of been the weakness of Steelers defense. They're usually kind of built around their front sevens. And, Kirk's props right now, 55 and a half receiving yards. I mean, he still is Lawrence's favorite target, so it still doesn't look like the the market's starting to catch up a little bit because his prop is definitely higher than Calvin Ridley's are this week, but they might not have caught up totally just to this point. I want to ask one more about this particular game. I mean, we saw Trevor Lawrence. uh, There was questions about the knee injury. Then on a short week, he ends up playing and he runs and ends up being the leading rusher for the Jaguars against the Saints. It's currently sitting at 17 and a half yards against the Steelers team. So do we think that he is going to be asked and required to kind of scramble in certain situations uh, against that pass rush? Yeah, I don't know if he'll be asked to, but like you said, a lot of times when you're going at the pass rush like that, you're escaping the pocket and then you're making plays with, with your feet. So that's definitely a possibility there. And we definitely saw last week that he, contrary to the report that we believe went on a short week, he looked very healthy. And especially coming up a long week now, he's at 10 days of rest, that if you do think it's going to be in a situation where he's going to have to run, he's got to have to escape a pass rush like this and make plays on the run, then I wouldn't mind a flyer on that prop. It's actually gone up a yard, I see, right now at 18.5 with uh, Juice on the over, though. Weird schedule for the Jags. You mentioned they had the 10 days off, and now they have a bye after this game. So they don't play – they play like one game in like a 15-day stretch or whatever it is. 
All right, Kansas City and Denver play for the second time in three weeks. Uh, the Chiefs just 19 points in that first game, but uh, you know they wasted scoring opportunities, red zone scoring opportunities, some strange play calls by Andy Reid in that game too. So I'm confused. Any suggestions how to tack this game, if, if at all? Yeah, I mean, from from my standpoint, when it comes to Thursday night games, I don't take this, them too seriously because you just never know on a short week. Yeah. And that kind of might have been what hit hit the Chiefs last time. But at the same time, Broncos defense, they have, they've been playing better in recent weeks. Obviously, they couldn't play any worse. So maybe there could be some value on the zag on, the zag on some of these uh, Chiefs props. But – I think the biggest storyline here is whether Taylor Swift will be in attendance or not because I don't know if you guys saw the stats with for Kelsey with her in attendance versus her not in attendance. Uh, if she's not going to be at a Mile High Stadium this Sunday, then take the under on Kelsey's prop. <laughs> Brian Blue is Pro Football Network, pfnbetting.com here on KDOS AM 1060. I never realized both Bob and I would have to be Swifties, but maybe that's uh, something we're going to have to trend in that direction. Uh, the Eagles. Yeah. They were in a close contest with the Commanders just a few weeks ago. We have been successful with the A.J. Brown over his yards total the last couple of weeks, but it keeps creeping up here. Uh, so is it now to the point where we need to stay off of him? Do we then transition to looking at Dallas Goddard, who does seem to be getting some more targets in the last few weeks? His receptions prop is over under three and a half catches. Yeah, um, that's tough for me. I mean, I do expect the Eagles to attack the secondary for the commanders in this one. That's just the way to attack the commanders' defense. We've seen a lot of quarterbacks, a lot of receivers have huge games against the commanders, just like Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown did a few weeks ago. And especially for this one, one kind of under-the-radar storyline the Eagles in recent weeks has that the ground game just really hasn't gotten anything going. The Dolphins really held DeAndre Swift in check last week up until he had a 22-yard run in the final drive of the game because – the Eagles have been missing their starting right guard for the past few weeks, and their front game has kind of fallen a bit as a result. And anytime the Eagles have a advantageous matchup through the air, they like to attack it. As the as you saw, they tried that a few weeks, a couple weeks ago with the Jets, and they're missing their top two cornerbacks. So I wouldn't expect it to be anything different here. And it's either you play the over for AJ Brown or you pass, just because he's just so dominant right now. Honestly, might be playing the best football of any receiver at this point, including Tyree Kill. But if there's one receiver that could have a big day for the Eagles, then it, it might be a little bold of a pick because he hasn't really been involved in the offense in recent weeks. It's Devontae Smith. If he's, right now his prop is only at 49.5, which is the lowest I've seen in a very long time. And Devontae's had huge games against commanders in his short career. And if they're, if they're going to make a priority shut down A.J. Brown, then it could be a Devontae day. And he's also really good deep threat downfield, too, making contested catches. So you could pick up a lot of these yardage just on one catch. My fantasy needs uh, fantasy team needs a good Devonte day, uh, so I'm pulling for that. Same. All right, uh, C.J. Stroud. I don't know. You can't call it quite revenge mode, but he's going against um, sure the team that he thinks should have drafted him in Carolina because they were the first pick. However, uh, this is you know the Carolina defense and they're missing several starters. They haven't been real good lately anyway. Are the numbers with Stroud just too high to to jump on this though? No, I don't think they're too high. If you like and have a big day, and like you said, there'll be some extra motivation going against the team that not only passed on to go number one, but picked his uh, friend. I guess I, I, you call him friend, but at the same time, they're big competitors, Stroud and Bryce Young. The same recruiting class from the same area in California. 
drafted the yeah. same year, two of the best quarterbacks in college. I think there's be extra motivation for both these quarterbacks to have big games, and they're both coming off a bye week too. So I'd like this spot for CJ Stroud, Stroud, and I even like it for Bryce Young to an extent as well. You know, interesting about uh, C.J. Stroud, I saw some connection with him and Nico Collins is like in the top 10 for them connecting up. I also kind of like uh, him connecting with Dalton Schultz. I mean, Dalton Schultz's number is only sitting at 35 and a half. Yeah, I mean, if he's got to throw to somebody, those are basically his two top targets. And Nico Collins is still falling under the radar quite a bit. His yards prop right now is just at 56 and a half. If he put on any other team besides Houston or maybe some other irrelevant teams. But if he was on a team that played on primetime more and he was a bigger name, I feel like that prop would be a whole lot higher. Brian Blue. Browns, Amar- go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to reset. Brian Blue is Pro Football okay. Network, PFNBetting.com here on KDOS AM 1060. Okay, sorry about that. Amari Cooper and P.J. Walker have not exactly connected with frequency. Uh, are Cooper's numbers, uh, if you want to go under, or are they, you know, is this a justifiable idea on my point, on my part at this point? No, I think you're correct. I mean, for a couple of reasons. One, P.J. Walker, when he's been playing, has been by far the worst starting quarterback in football this year. If you look at their pro football focus passing grades, he's the gap between him and the next worst player is really big, to say the least. It's kind of funny. We're going, I know talking about Mark Cooper, but I was looking at the player props for this game, and T.J. Walker's interceptions prop is at one and a half. That's almost always <laughs> at half a one just yeah. to throw a pick. So they, you can't take it to not to, to throw one pick. You got to take him to take two of anything. But uh, for this yeah. one, I don't really like the matchup for Mark Cooper going against the Devon Witherspoon has been one of the best quarterbacks in football this year, along with Ter- Tariq Woolen for the Seahawks. Feels like a bad matchup for the Browns. Seahawks have a really good pass rush, too. P.J. Walker just so untrustworthy. And Amari Cooper is definitely one of those Jekyll and Hyde wide receivers. He either has a big day or you're sitting there in the third or fourth The Saints and the Colts here. Uh, Gardner Minshew, he's leading the way uh, since he's came in to be the starter with turnovers, whether it happens to be interceptions or fumbles. Derek Carr and the offense going through some tough times, uh, but the Colts' defense is giving up a lot of yards. They're struggling, though, in the red zone, so they make some transition here to Taysom Hill. Do we look at Taysom Hill anytime touchdown scorer? Yeah, I mean, that's actually not offense has just been so bad especially when they get in the red zone and Derek Carr just is not a trustworthy guy in the area to say the least right now the anytime touchdown odds are uh, plus 330 so I definitely wouldn't mind a flyer on that because it feels like nobody else on this team could get into the end zone and the market really hasn't totally corrected it just because he doesn't have the same usage as guys like Alvin Kamara Okay, Austin Eckler. He's been beat up, and when he's actually played, he's had three explosive plays this season. Uh, have the odds makers caught up on? Uh, you know, maybe should we we can we still take advantage of some Eckler under props against a, a Bears run defense, which has been surprisingly pretty good. Yeah, I, at the same time, though, Eckler's been back for two weeks now, and they've gone against the Cowboys and the Chiefs, two of the best defenses in the NFL. So I would almost see this as like a buy low spot for Eckler of anything going against mm-hmm. uh, a Bears defense that might not be as bad as people might think, as you mentioned, but they're still nowhere close to the uh, Chiefs and the um, Cowboys. And Gamesford also could be in favor for the Chargers in this one as they're uh, eight-and-a-half-point favorites. But at the same time, anyone who's watched the Chargers in recent years knows that 
they never had a safe lead going to the fourth quarter ever. Brian Blue is Pro Football Network. Follow their work over at pfnbetting.com. He's here in the extra point on KDOS AM 1060. The Patriots are traveling to Miami to take on the Dolphins. Injuries are definitely a concern for the Dolphins on the offensive line. And the first time these two played each other earlier this season, Tua was held to 249 yards passing. Does his number of 271 and a half seem too high? I think it does, honestly. I mean, you mentioned the offensive line issues for the Dolphins, but even though they're each expected to play, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, and Raheem Mostert are banged up this week. Like, that doesn't sound good, to say the least. And I know they usually beat up on these bad teams, and the Patriots are obviously a bad team, but the difference between the Patriots and the Panthers, the Giants, the Broncos, the Chargers, is that Bill Belichick faced his defense twice last year and faced them earlier in the season, and I could see, even though they won't have Matthew Judon or Christian Gonzalez for this one like they did earlier in the season, the Patriots kind of held this Dolphins offense in check, relatively speaking, and Tyreek Hill didn't have a really big game. And we all know that Belichick, he likes to take away your best weapon and dare you to beat you in other ways. And they can't get most of going on the ground. I'm not so sure they can beat them in those other ways offensively. And as a result, if two, we saw how Tua really struggles under pressure. I mean, he's he's a really accurate passer. He is, he's a great precision thrower he's, he could get a rhythm really well but he's not a great creator and throwing on the move and the Patriots get after him I feel like they have a tough day similar to last week against Philly right, let me flip this to the other side of this game Ramondre Stevenson's been much more involved in the Patriots offense the last couple of weeks is it too bold to consider Stevenson over any numbers against the Miami defense which hasn't been great it definitely hasn't been great, and that's why last week I liked those swift overs against uh, the Dolphins' defense, which his, his yards over lost by a yard, which was really unfortunate, to say the least. But the only thing that gives me pause here with Stevenson is that the game script being a nine-and-a-half-point underdogs. But if you believe this to be a close game, if you think that the Patriots have the ball enough, that maybe their plan is to keep the ball away from the Dolphins' passing offense. And how do you do that? You move the ball through the ground, and they're certainly capable of doing that against the Dolphins' defense. Did the Vikings get themselves back on track? And many injuries now uh, sustained to that Green Bay secondary. So could that pave the way for Kirk Cousins to throw the ball? And has he found his new guy in Jordan Addison being a primary target? You know what? This this game scares me because it has all the makings of uh, – Buy low, buy low, sell high spot. You have the Vikings coming off their biggest with Monday Night Football against the 49ers, and you have the Packers coming off a loss to the Denver Broncos. But it's a lot different beast to be playing at Lambeau Field versus at home with Minnesota having the, one of the best home field advantages in football. But you didn't mention the injuries for the Packers and how dreadful the dreadful team they've been this year. And even without Justin Jefferson. Kirk Cousins still has a really good set of uh, playmakers around him. And Jordan Addison has looked phenomenal as a rookie. T.J. Hawkinson is an extremely steady. He's a tight end. And uh, Osborne even isn't a bad uh, depth piece of receiver, to say the least. So it really just, a, for me, I wouldn't be playing it for this one just because I don't want to be riding too high on Kirk Cousins coming off his best game of the season and a really inspiring win. But at the same time, I see the argument for it. Okay, last up for me, Tony Pollard has been bad the last two weeks. Doesn't have a rushing touchdown since week one in that Sunday night fiasco against the Giants. So, uh, Pollard under props, or is that, you know, the train left the station too, you know, long ago and I just missed out? No, I don't think you missed out because it's still relatively high at 68 and a half. I mean, 
he def I definitely expected bigger things from Pollard this year to, to finally have, be the lead back as how talented he is. But the Cowboys offense as a whole has really underperformed without uh, Callum Moore and uh, Mike McCarthy calling plays. So if you think this game is going to be a little closer than the points where it indicates, I definitely wouldn't mind taking the under on Pollard there while it's uh, still not, I won't call it high, but it's not low. And I don't think they've made much too much of a correction just yet. Brian, before we let you go here, is there anything that you like that we haven't touched on? Anytime touchdown score, passing yards, receiving yards, rushing yards. Yeah, well, I will say I was very proud of uh, one of my player props I gave out at pfmbang.com last week. I gave out the under for B. John Robinson, and I didn't know that he had a headache and, uh, well, quote-unquote headache and wouldn't be playing in the game. So I'll take a W on that, though. But um, I don't think I'm getting an opportunity like that this week. For, uh, but for this week, I'm looking at uh, Brees Hall on the Jets. As we all know, he's one of the best running backs in football when he's healthy. He looks fully recovered from that ACL injury he had from last year, and it looks like they're starting to squeeze Dalvin Cook out of the offense. He's trying to talk to the coaching staff about uh, what his role is and looking to get a trade, and he just was among the least efficient backs in football this year, while Brees Hall is one of the most efficient backs. And with this Jets team, I don't really trust the, Gi- the Giants have a good pass defense. They have a good pass rush, but they're not going to stop in the run. And for Brees Hall, 67.5 seems relatively low. He's going to be the focal point of their offense. Well, Brian, in addition to your Bijan Robinson uh, play from last week, you also gave out De- DeAndre Swift, and it was the number of carries on the over, and you hit that too. So you're doing pretty good in our book. Yeah, I hit that, but um, I missed the boat on that number. So when I bet it, I got the, I did the over for rushing yards, which lost by one, unfortunately. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, as always, we greatly appreciate you taking time, joining us, and uh, have a fun Sunday with all these games ahead. Yeah, you guys as well. Take care. Once again, he is Brian Blewis, Pro Football Network, and follow all of their work over at pfnbetting.com. So much NFL. So, so we, we can blame him for Bijan's thing last Sunday. Okay, I got, we got somebody to blame now. There we go. Uh, we're waiting six days for this. All right. It's your turn now to give us a call to be the $100 gift certificate winner to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. We'll go caller number 2-602-260-1060 is the number. $100 gift certificate available to you. Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits, 2390 North Alma School in Chandler. And make sure you're coming with your weekend play. We'll put $5 on it, and we're hoping to get back in the winner's circle for the weekend. Caller number two, 602-260-1060 uh, for Friday spread. We'll get into what the weekend specials are on the other side of the break. It is the Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060. We'll do what's best for the team, and we'll do what's best for you. The Rich Eisen Show, coming to you weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Here on KDUS AM 1060 and KDUS1060.com. Eleven forty-three here on this Friday, October 27th. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro here with you in the Extra Point. 
Congratulations to our winner of the Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits $100 gift certificate. As a reminder for you, the certified Angus Beef Choice T-Bone Steak at $16.99 a pound is a weekend special. So too is the Halloween Brats at $5.99 a pound. The Sidewinder, a.k.a. D-Back Brats sitting at $6.99 a pound. And the Oven Ready Chicken Parmesan at $6.99 a pound. Our winner is on Louisville minus six and a half. So we'll be putting the $5 on that. And uh, hopefully we're back in the winner's circle this weekend. It's time to turn our attention to the poll questions. And we'll start with the KDOS1060.com poll question. Who wins the World Series? It gets started tonight. Game one, Zach Allen, Nathan Avaldi. Who wins the series, Bob, the Diamondbacks or the Rangers? Well, considering I think that, uh, you know, if I actually had picked each playoff series thus far i would have had the rangers losing in the first round second round and in the you know the see the alcs same thing with the diamondbacks even though actually the, the series they played so far i actually thought they had a decent chance to beat the dodgers just because the dodgers were kind of a roster mess at that point uh so i've been totally wrong about both of these teams so you know you know, you know pay attention to to that comment because apparently I haven't had any idea what to think of either of these teams so far. I'm going to take the Rangers um, largely because there have been several times during the season, the lengthy regular season, not the end of the regular season, but the, you know, during the season that I actually thought the Rangers could make the world series uh, really even before the trade deadline. And they made moves before the trade deadline too, when they got Chapman and, fortified their bullpen so much. I haven't thought that the Diamondbacks were really going to win more than a playoff series at best after the All-Star break, quite frankly. So that's my feeble thinking there. I do think there is a the formula for the Diamondbacks to win this series, though. Uh, the I think the best formula would be kind of what they just did against the Phillies. Make this like a you know, you know, last four innings of the game series. I still don't completely trust the the uh, the Rangers bullpen. Uh, I have Jose Leclerc scars in fantasy uh, baseball a couple of times, and even though he's been really good for the most part, remember two games ago in uh, you know the series against the Astros, he was shaky, and he, he got that save in that last. I don't even think it was a save opportunity. It wasn't even a save opportunity, but he's just. Uh, I'm still not convinced that he's a guy that can get the final three outs or he's even asked to pitch more than one inning uh, by Bochi because I don't think he had much of a choice, quite frankly, in a couple of those games. I'm not completely convinced. I'm more I, I'm more confident in Seawall closing a game than I am Jose LeClerc. Uh, and then obviously the Diamondbacks seem to have this seventh and eighth, uh, seven, eight, nine figured out as far as their pitching goes, as long as Ryan Thompson's throwing strikes. So uh, that's, the, I think, the, the blueprint for a Diamondbacks victory. But I just think it's more likely that the Rangers win the series. Uh, so I'm on the Diamondbacks side of things here. You know, I think we saw it on display in that Philly series of what 
you know, to your point, they they do so well uh, that can neutralize what the opposing team does well. If you get it to uh, Thompson, if you get it to Ginkle, if you get it to Seawald, that combination has just been uh, pretty darn deadly. And it has even before the playoffs got started. The bullpen certainly was much better with the last uh, three weeks to the month of the season here. Uh, so if your starters can get you four or five innings, turn it over to the bullpen, in uh, and you're, you're within range or you have a lead, things are going really well for you. Uh, the Rangers obviously have really good starting pitching with Avaldi and Montgomery. Then there are question marks just like there are some question marks here with the Diamondbacks. Um, I do think that you need to have Gallon have some success, set things up here, set the tone for, for game one. Brandon Fott is also going to be a huge key because his performance is uh, in the Dodgers series and then in especially in this Philly series have been pretty darn masterful. So, you know, can he keep that going and continue to allow the bullpen to do what the bullpen has been doing and not overuse them in those particular situations? Both teams, as you pointed out, have been up and down this season in terms of, you know, what we think of them and, uh, you know, what they're what we're seeing on the field from them. I think the Diamondbacks have have a really good shot at this. So I'm going to say the Diamondbacks win the World Series. And the masses are on the Diamondbacks, 71% of the vote. Rangers sitting at 29%. This is KDOS1060.com. Flipping it on over to Twitter, at KDOSAM1060, the Arizona Cardinals are home. 125 start on CBS as they host the Ravens. So who do you have Sunday in Glendale? Cardinals plus 9.5 or Ravens minus 9.5? Nine and a half is a lot of points in the NFL, but we've certainly seen uh, examples so far in the NFL where the favorites have done well in these particular positions. But I do think you have to ask yourself here, the Ravens coming off such a statement win, such a statement high for them against the Lions. Are they going to come across country and be just a little bit flat? Do we trust uh, this offense to be what we saw one week ago? The Ravens defense, though, has been incredibly impressive by far this season. That, to me, dealing with as many injuries as they had starting into the year and throughout the year so far and continuing to shut down offenses the way that they have, that's been a really impressive unit. Can the Cardinals figure out how to get the run game going without James Conner, which then I think sets up the play-action pass, which then allows Joshua Dobbs to have a little bit more success here. Fourth quarters continue to be a looming issue for the Cardinals, but 9.5 points is just so hard. I would say Cardinals plus 9.5. We're going to disagree again. (laughs) So I'm on the Ravens. I actually like the Ravens in this game. Uh, the, one, the one thing I don't like is the spot that they're in coming off of that big victory, the big hyped fest uh, against uh, the Lions last week. But this is more of an anti-Cardinals pick. I will say one other thing about the Ravens. You mentioned their defense. They've allowed the fewest points in the league. They also have been really effective blitzing. And uh, I can't imagine, I don't know if there is somebody I'm sure keeps track of this, uh, metrically and whatever, I cannot imagine, at least in the last three or four games, there's been a worse team in the NFL, worse worse in blitz pickups than the Arizona Cardinals have been. The most basic blitzes. Yeah, I'm watching on TV, and I can say, that guy's going to blitz. It seems like the Cardinals don't know that that guy's going to blitz. And that is really, I think, one of the big reasons that Dobbs has been so bad these last two or three games, because seemingly the most basic of blitzes 
they haven't figured it out, and he's running for his life as soon as he gets the snap. Uh, so there's that. Cardinals have lost four in a row. They haven't covered any of those games. Uh, they also have allowed 23-plus carries for one running back in four consecutive games, which just tells me that they haven't been able to stop the run. And you can look at that other you know, statistics and you know, you know, rushing yards per game. It's been over 100, I think, in every one of those games and over 200 in one game for one dude uh, when they played uh, Williams and the Rams. Also, the Cardinals, I think, have just been – they've been manhandled at the line of scrimmage over the last month. And, you know, they've lost some players They're a little bit in the offensive line, which I didn't think was that good to begin with. Uh, and then they also are getting subpar play from D.J. Humphreys at left tackle when he's actually not been ejected. Uh, like last Sunday, he wasn't very good in that game before he got ejected. I just think that this is a physical mismatch at the line of scrimmage and the Cardinals – think the, the, the rewards of being uh, exposed more and more as time goes on here week by week. I will say this part. Uh, early in the week, it was actually eight and a half. It's been growing. Uh, so therefore, eight and a half was a perfect teaser leg. So it's one of the teaser legs this week. Okay. Uh, this line, I think, is going to hit 10 or 10 and a half by kickoff. I haven't looked in the last hour or so, but uh, there were some inklings of 10s showing up this afternoon at least in Nevada, because there was you know, certainly juice leaning towards it was going to go to 10 sometime today. The masses, Ravens minus 9.5, 52.9% of the vote. Cardinals plus 9.5 at 47.1%. This is on Twitter at KDUS AM 1060. We wrap up this Friday, October 27th edition of The Extra Point on the other side of the break. Now time in your afternoon for the Doug Gottlieb Show right here on KDUS AM 1060, 100.7 HD2, and KDUS1060.com. Weekdays from 1 to 3 p.m. October 27th edition of the Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060 online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Pay our friends over at Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits a visit this weekend, 2390 North Alma School Road in Chandler, vonhansensmeats.net. It's the certified Angus Beef Choice T-Bone Steak, $16.99 a pound, Halloween Brats, $5.99 a pound, Sidewinder, a.k.a. Diamondback Brats, at $6.99 a pound, and oven-ready chicken parmesan at $6.99 a pound. Bob, though, it's thank you time. As always, we thank you for listening. Special thanks to the callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whomever and whatever else slipped through the cracks. Also, our guest today, Jeff Wilson of Rangers Live. Good talking with Jeff, and we're covering re- relevant baseball teams. A lot of our conversations with Jeff over the years 
have been in spring training when we're trying to figure out will either of these teams be any good. <laughs> they've, 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 they've been good this year, at least in the last month. They've been good. Also, we had our weekly NFL prop bed segment with Brian Blewis from Pro Football Network, so thanks to him. Uh, special thanks, as always, to sound courtesy of today, uh, TBS, Tex 105.3, the Rangers flagship, Fox, also Pac-12 Networks, ESPN, Amazon Prime Video, and ABC. Special thanks, as always, to Kayla, Corey, and Aaron. And Kayla's going to tell us what's coming up next. That's right. Coming up next from noon to 1 o'clock, it is SportsMap Radio Network, followed by the Doug Gottlieb Show from 1 to 3 p.m., the Rich Eisen Show from 3 to 5, the Sports Zoo with Dave Rooster Bierstein from 5 to 6, Saturday, NAU uh, football is back in action after their bye week. They are hosting UC Davis. That'll be a pregame at noon, kickoff at 1. And Sunday's NFL uh, action here for you is the Falcons at the Titans. Pregame 9.30, kickoff at 10. No Ryan Tannehill, Will Levis, and Malik Willis in some sort of combination for the Titans. I predict a bad combination. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The Diamondbacks and the Rangers game one World Series action is this evening. 5.03 p.m. on Fox. Zach Allen, Nathan Avaldi. Game two is Saturday, also at 5.03 p.m. on Fox. Other weekend slate of action, ASU football versus WSU Saturday, 5 p.m. on the Pac-12 Network. U of A football versus Oregon State Saturday, 7.30 p.m. on ESPN. Cardinals hosting the Ravens Sunday, 1.25 p.m. on CBS. And the Suns uh, back in the saddle home for the first time this season, hosting the Jazz tomorrow at 7 p.m. That'll do it for this edition of The Extra Point. Looking forward to talking to you on Monday. 